Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 126 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast, brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotics. I'm Dana. And I'm Tiffany, and we'll be your hosts for today. And Happy New Year to everyone. Right? Happy right? New Year. I'm Wonderful things it. for 2018. I'm so feeling it. And what's funny is, before we introduce our fabulous guest, what's funny is I was telling my other partner, Jenny, how absolutely terrible I feel. I was like, I have listed all these things listed wrong. And like, she was like, oh my God. And I was like, I think I have Sjogren's and I was, you know, telling her all these things. And she was like, oh my God, you sound, and, and she's like, why are you like, sounds so happy I go because I'm feeling 2018 I'm feeling it I don't know I I've done some things I so basically she said this is what you've done I've planted all these great seeds in 2017 and they're all going to bloom in 2018 I was like oh you said it exactly that's why I feel so happy I went to this really cool doctor with my son uh-huh. Um, I actually we are did a little bit about this doctor. I know, right? <laughs> I did a little bit of video with him, uh, so I'm going to introduce him to everybody. I'm going to have him on the show, and uh, I'm really excited about the, what, what the future holds for my health because of this guy. I've been waiting for someone like him to help my son and I. So, and plus, I have lots of other exciting seeds I've planted, and um, I'm just—I don't know—I'm feeling it. They're going to bloom. It's 2018. I'm I can't it. wait. I'm feeling it's it. It's a year of the bloom. Last year was a lot of rough stuff, you know. Yeah, a lot of yeah, rough. It was a things. bunch of soil, rocks, and dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was grading. We were grading. <laughs> right. Oh Ooh. my gosh, for sure, but right. Today we are talking with author, speaker, wellness expert, breast cancer survivor, and Hashimoto survivor, Holly Bertone. And this woman has an amazing story. I'm so excited to hear about her journey and the things that she learned and her ventures for the future. She's got some super exciting, super exciting stuff. Of course, we want to thank Just Thrive Probiotic, thriveprobiotic.com, for their amazing sponsorship of the radio. Very different probiotic. It's a spore-based probiotic rather than specific strains. Uh, and just for me personally, it's doing fabulous things. But some of their key things uh, verified to survive gastric acid, gluten, dairy, sugar, GMO-free, uh, specifically proven to reduce endotoxins, triglycerides, and symptoms of leaky gut. So uh, if you want to learn more about Thrive Probiotic, make sure to go visit thriveprobiotic.com or listen to Kieran Krishnan, who is the microbiologist behind Thrive Probiotic. Uh, we did a, a Thyroid Nation radio podcast with him. He was just crazy smart and wonderfully easy to listen to, which was fabulous. So make sure to check that out. And it looks like she is already with us. So let's get this Thyroid Nation thriving. Good morning. Holly, how are you this morning? Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? We sure can, Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I tell you what, man, 2017 was just a rough year all around. So I hear you about 2018 
And my uh, my phrase of the year is breakthrough because it's going to be a year to just break through of you know some of the things that that held us held me back in 2017, including my health. Right? It's going to be a fabulous year. I can feel it. I know. I know. It's it's uh, yeah. And you've got a lot of awesome stuff going on. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. I did want to say really quick, I don't know if you can maybe turn up your volume a little bit. I don't know what your sound sounds like on your end, Tiff, but on my end, it sounds like uh, she's kind of in a fishbowl. So do you mind turning up your volume a little bit, Holly? Okay. Is this better? A little bit. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Okay. okay. It almost sounds like you're muffled. Are you on a cell or? Let me let me try this. Let me uh. You have such an amazing story. We want to hear you loud and clear. Yeah, is this better? That's yes. way better. <laughs> okay, okay. I had you. I had you on speaker because I know it's going to be a long podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I, I definitely want to make sure everyone can hear me. Okay. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we with no further ado, you have such an amazing story. We would oh, love to hear a little bit about uh, about a this lot journey. about yeah a lot about. A lot about. Oh, thank you. Where where should we begin? Wherever you'd yeah, like right? to. Even if you know, sometimes when we're talking to folks with Hashimoto's and things that have happened, even though they weren't diagnosed until a little bit later with with certain things, uh, a lot of times they recognize things that went all the way back to childhood. So we go back as far as you would like to. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I definitely know that, um, you know, between childhood, teens, and 20s, um, you know, I was, I was a bit of a junkaholic. I definitely enjoyed my, uh, my sweets and treats, but I was also an athlete and very active, so I never really, you know, kind of thought that any of that mattered. Um, you know, in terms of putting the breast cancer and the Hashimoto's together, I grew up in a very rural community, lots of farms, and then I moved in uh, when I was about 17 in terms of kind of college and early adulthood, uh, and, I, and I moved uh, very close to Three Mile Island. Not sure if any of that has any correlation to uh, any of the, the health issues subsequently, but, uh, you know, I, I think that definitely contributed to it. Additionally, my mother... Uh, was diagnosed with Addison's disease, which is a very rare autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. uh, when she was when she was told that she was pregnant with me. So you know, I'm and and they actually said that she would never deliver. She actually had a, a miscarriage subsequently. So um, you know, so I was I was being carried while she was, you know, initially strugg- struggling with Addison's disease, and and back in. 1971, you know, I mean, they still don't know a lot about Addison, but back in 1971, yeah. they really didn't know a lot about it. Um, you know, so so I, I, I think it's, you know, they, they talk about genetics, genetics loading the gun and environment pulling the trigger in terms of any kind of disease. So, you know, I, I, I think those were all of the, the kind of trigger points in terms of just diet, environment, and, and, and genetics that, that all kind of clashed. But I was, um, I was actually diagnosed. So I transitioned, I guess, in my 30s. I became a triathlete, 
and did a lot of Xterra races, which are, if you're not familiar with them, they're like the Ironman triathlons, but they're all off-road. So it's mountain bikes and lake swims and uh, trail runs versus just kind of your traditional tri- uh, triathlon. And they also oh, fun. Stuff. Yeah, and I also race mountain bikes. So I was, you know, super active. Um, you know, my, my diet was average. It was kind of standard American healthy diet, I guess. And so, but, you know, I, I, I didn't really think anything. I mean, I was like I was in my 30s and I was healthy and active and, you know, racing and getting medals and, you know, working a full-time job and succeeding in my career. And just why would health be on my radar at that point, right? right? You're in your 30s. You're supposed to be healthy. You know, old people are the only ones that are supposed to get sick, right? right. And I was actually found the lump on my urn and went through all the tests, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer on my 39th birthday. And, wow. uh, yeah, I know, happy birthday to me, right? I would have preferred a pair of, you know, a nice pair of earrings. But, uh, but I got breast cancer as a, as a present. So, uh, but you know, it's it's funny how life happens. I I, I kind of joke about it, but I've always said that you know after you know after the initial you know kind of shock and the boohoo's and everything, I always said that breast cancer was was a gift, and people just kind of look at me weird when I say that because who on earth would want breast cancer? I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But at the same time, it was, I don't know, I just felt like it was a gift. Like, I felt like I have to go through these trials for a greater purpose. And I just, I don't know, I just felt a peace about it. I was, um, we actually, my uh, boyfriend at the time and I, we were living in sin. And he (laughs) ended up proposing two days after the diagnosis. So it was, it was, uh, eight words, so two days, 48 hours, and eight words, you have breast cancer, and will you marry me? And it's oh been my. a crazy roller coaster ever since, and that was back in August of 2010. So, yeah, we got, I went through chemo, radiation, uh, lumpectomy. They, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty rough course, but, um, you know, it's, it's it's what happened. We ended up getting married to, uh, ten days after treatment ended. Oh. So yeah, it was I was I was sick and bald on my wedding day. And in fact, the uh, the the picture. So he right before we we just went to the justice of the peace. We didn't have a big wedding or anything. And right before we left to get into the car to to drive down to the courthouse. Um, and I actually bought a wig to wear on my wedding day because I'm like, you know, I really don't want to be bald. And there was a few other occasions that I wanted to wear it. So actually, you know, I had a nice wig. But right before we left and before I had put the wig on, he actually kissed my bald forehead, you know, just kind of like us having our own private time before we, we went to the ceremony. And his mother caught a picture of it. And it ended up being on the cover of one of my books and just, has, I don't want to say has gone viral, but it's, you know, a lot of people have, have recognized that picture just because it was just so sweet and just really captured the moment of, beautiful picture, of our journey, yeah. you know, together. And yeah, so that was, that was breast cancer. Um, and, and I thought that that was it, right? You know, okay, I'm done. This is over. He actually deployed to Afghanistan 
about a month after we got married. So we had cancer, wedding, deployment. <laughs> and so I was I was in the you know, I was in the house by myself and you know, I was you know, still working and everything. And I was not getting better. I was getting worse. So I kept going back to my doctors and I kept saying, you know, I'm sick, like I'm not getting better. And they all had the same answer. They kept saying that, you know, you're you know, you've been through a lot, you know, with the cancer and the chemo and everything. You know, you've had a lot of stress with the marriage. And I actually had a, ended up having a, a promotion at work at the same time, too. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. So they just chalked it up to, you know, it, it's just life, right? And I kept saying, no, something's wrong, something's wrong. And some of my friends that I had, had met during treatment, finished their treatment and went on to run a marathon a few months later. Not that I needed to run a marathon, but I'm like, I can't get out of bed. You know, I don't need to just, I don't need to go out and run five miles or 26 miles for that matter. I just want to get out of bed and, you know, be able to function on a daily basis. And I was just so sick. So finally I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and they kept running different, labs. And again, I didn't know anything about thyroid issues. I didn't know what Hashimoto's was. I just I just knew that I didn't feel good. And it came up negative for Lyme. Um, it did come up positive for um, EBV, which I understand is, is often a, a precursor uh, to, oh, yeah. to Hashimoto's. But, um, but, you know, other than that, you know, they're like, oh, everything's fine. Well, finally, they did test my thyroid. And they sent me to an endocrinologist. And, you know, I live in the metro, the D.C. metro area. So we've got some, you know, we've got some pretty good doctors. It's not like we're in the middle of nowhere with not a lot of health care. Like, we, you know, we're in a metropolitan area and have some, you know, some decent doctors. And so I went in, you know, he, he felt my, um, you know, my, my glands around my neck. He made me swallow. He took, uh, he listened to my breathing. He checked my ankles and just gave me some medicine and just kind of patted me on my way. And he was like, okay, by the way, you you have Hashimoto's. And then I walked out of the office. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I felt almost like a relief, okay? I've been sick at this point now for a year. Like, I just wasn't getting better from from cancer. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I've got this this thing and I've got this medicine, so I'm going to feel better now. And I get home and I'm like, okay, what just what just happened? And what's this Hashi? I don't I don't Hashi what? You know, because <laughs> I, I right. immediately went to Doctor Google because you know that's what we all do, right? And I was like, what what hypo hyper Hashi? What the heck? I don't understand any of this, right? So I called the doctor's office back, and of course the nurse hadn't they hadn't received my files from the doctor yet, so they're like, oh, we'll have the doctor call you back. So, I mean, it was later that day that he finally called me back, and he's like, yeah, you have Hashimoto's. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, bye. And, I'm, again, I'm still like, okay. So, again, went back to Dr. Google, and I was like, okay, well, I have medicine. I have this thing called Hashimoto's, and I guess I'll just figure it out. And now that I know what it is and now that I have drugs, I'm going to be fine, right? I'm going to be back to normal. That didn't happen. It was, you know, and interestingly, let me just back up for a second for those who are listening, because there are so many people out there 
who I have met who have had either breast cancer or some kind of cancer and then subsequently some kind of autoimmune condition. So, um, you know, I'm actually, one of my projects this year is to actually look at, you know, the cancer autoimmune connection because I think there's, there's some, some, some bigger connections out there than we know of. I don't, I just, I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. And, you know, and that's, that's one of my goals this year is to, is to really dig into it and kind of look at some of the scientific studies and, and, and do some more research just because I think that's such a huge message because, you know, Hashimoto's is so underdiagnosed. Right. And especially coming out of breast cancer treatment, I don't know how many women out there are feeling the same way, that their doctors are dismissing them because they've been through chemo. Right. And they're going to feel well, sick. And who knows? I mean, you're naturally going to feel sick, right? Right. Who knows which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because Hashimoto's... Exactly can be around so much longer than hypothyroidism is. Like for me, it was four years. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's four years before my TSH actually fell in a medicatable range. Oh, and I wow. had all the symptoms. I felt horrible. So, I mean, it's, it would be fascinating to know, like, if they had tested Epstein-Barr and if they had tested Hashimoto's, you know, at the time of your breast cancer diagnosis, do you know what I mean? Right. Can you do a quick timeline for me again? You said you moved close to Three Mile Island. So you were yeah. diagnosed with breast cancer at 39. Can so you, I when, was, when, I lived, when did I live there? I lived there from, let's see here, 1989 to 1999. So how old were you during that time? It was college and young adult. Okay, so approximately so probably 17, 17, 18 to 28 or so. Okay. And then between diagnosed breast cancer 39 and and what how old were you when you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's? It was one year it was one year later, so I was about 40, oh, just a 41. year later. Yeah. Right. You know, it is so fascinating, right? We all go back and we try to piece this puzzle of of just, you know, so many things. I mean, I know What's interesting is the is the uh, the iodine association with breast cancer, and of course, you know, also with uh, you know uh, Hashimoto's and and hypothyroidism more as well. And we should just say any thyroid condition. There's an iodine association, mm-hmm. and especially with breast cancer. But the Three Mile Island, and then yeah. Epstein Barr, and having that competitor with iodine levels and then breast cancer so much later. I mean, I'm just going off my own, <laughs> you know, but it right, is fascinating, right. right? We all go back and do this this puzzle piecing of, you know, uh, and it's terrible because they probably never tested your iodine levels when you were diagnosed with no. breast cancer. Yeah, no, and, I'm sure they didn't. Right, that's another thing we all scratch our head and go back and go, oh, gosh, you know, that would have just been – so much information for people to know, oh, right. you know, but, uh, okay, keep going. So, so diagnosed oh, with oh, Hashimoto's here, you're in this crushing. Wait, really quick before you, before you jump oh, into sure. that, I just, I research. I mean, I, um, searched the three mile Island just to get some facts on it just now when you said it, and it looks like they're going to be closing down the plant in 19, 2019, but oh, it wow. says that it takes 10 years to dismantle, you know, to completely dismantle and shut it down. Can you believe right. that? Is that crazy scary? But, but still, you know what, though, just kind of food for thought I on that. I can't remember. I don't, 
I don't have it off the top of my head, but I can't remember when the accident was. I can't remember if it was the 70s or the 80s when it happened. But, I mean, it was the, the accident had happened before I lived there. But, I mean, I know that there's still, I'm sure, some after, you know, after effects in that area. That's oh, what I was just going to say. So when they close that, the radiation still continues uh, to leak for quite some time. I'm, I'm talking like hundreds of years after that time because there was a radiation right. plant that was closed uh, in Silmar, uh, which was during uh, my parents' time and, and part of how I think you know they got their thyroid issues and, and Hashimoto's and what have you. But the leakage that continues after that time, even after long after it's closed and not doing anything, and, you know, that's the, that's the crazier part. Oh, right. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't, I don't think necessarily that that was, you know, the, the one piece, but I think it was no. just a lot of pieces put together, right. and I think that was a big piece of the puzzle. Right. And even the exercise, if there was some kind of harboring, you know, uh, you know, that's the crazier thing is about the flux mm-hmm. of cancer, you know, how it could be present for quite some time. And then, you know, this, you know, free radicals. I, th- I know that when people exercise, you know, your your great exercise uh, gurus and things like that talk about how important it is to eat immaculately when you're exercising because then you have this mm-hmm. massive release of free radicals and, you know, literally you can wake up a beast that's been sleeping for quite some time. <laughs> And I was also, yeah. you know, and I wasn't doing normal people exercise. I mean, I was, right. I was doing some, you know, some, some hardcore, definite harder, right? Some hardcore right. triathlon Awesomeness. racing and training. <laughs> Awesomeness, so, uh, but you kind of like you're like, yeah. I sort of wish I had had, you know, some kind of full body scan. You know, I mean, that's it's just it's such a fascinating journey, isn't it? It really is. It is. Oh, right, right. And it All is right, interesting so just to just to note that 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 is part of your puzzle of your history puzzle right there is the three mile Island. I mean, you have to add it in there. It's one of those things oh, you can't absolutely. leave out, you know, absolutely. kind of scary actually. I don't know right. about you and ladies, but I I've done these timelines, you know, where you go back and you look at like, you know, even hormonal imbalances when, you know, uh, in use and things like that, going back and looking at all these things in an actual timeline, you know, is kind of fascinating and like a medical memoir. You know, Andrea Nakayama talks about writing a medical memoir of, of being able to really, so you can track more information mm-hmm. for, for piecing the puzzle. Because I think we'll always do it, won't we, ladies? I mean. Yes, we'll always shoot. go back and think. Mm-hmm. And think, yeah. What did I do it. or why did this happen or right? Right. You just feel like it's, you know, like you, you feel like there's so much information that you don't want it to happen to anyone else. You want to have all of these things that people can look at and check and different things so that they can either, you know, be prevented from getting it or catch it quicker or, you know what I mean? I think yeah. we'll always do that. Well, and the and other it's thing, interesting. The ten, the ten, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the other thing, too, the 10 years leading up to the breast cancer diagnosis. So in my 30s, I also – went to grad school on top of a full-time job. Mind you, I was single at the time, but, you know, still grad school on top of working full-time is, is pretty stressful. And that was also the height of my career where I was climbing the corporate ladder and went from corporate to uh, a, a very high-level management position in the federal government. So in terms of just kind of, you know, like I said, I, I wasn't you know married in my 30s, but just having that 
work stress um, right. you know added added to everything um, again things that don't bother you at the time but looking back it's just all the little pieces put together right so let's jump and, back and to having, Hashimoto go ahead Dan. I was going to say having kids and having a daughter makes me think even more so moving forward how we're going to do things so differently for her <laughs> because or as much as we can, you know, like there's a lot right. of things I did that I can prevent in my, for my daughter, you know, just right off the top of my head, you know, I mean, I, I had root canals and, and birth control pills and there's just lots of, I was on um, Accutane, you know, there's lots of little things that fluoride toothpaste, you know, there's things I can do. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to do because looking back at the timeline is it's this mystery puzzle and at least we can do oh, something yeah. about it for the future. Oh yeah, I was on I was on birth control pills for twenty years, so that's that's another one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out there, for mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's that's a I think you know that's a huge piece for our generation. The birth control pill kind of forcing the envelope a little bit, you know. Right. So when you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's at that time, were you? Uh, significantly hypothyroid or were you kind of just in that sort of range or how did those two uh, associate at the time? Um, So I don't have my numbers off the top of my head, but what happened was my, my endocrinologist gave me Synthroid and, you know, like I said, he just kind of gave me the Synthroid and sent me on my way. Now from the time of diagnosis for five years, okay, my, symptoms kept getting worse just every day every year so it was and where do I start so I had migraines multiple times a week I had uh, uh, well let me get to the fatigue in a second I had a joint pain I had um, IBS it was so bad I called them space shuttle launches because yeah, it was five or six times a day in the bathroom. And oh. it was, yeah, so I did. I called them space shuttle launches. And <laughs> at work especially, you know, I mean, because, you know, I mean, anyone who's listening to this has, who has been there understands. Like, when it hits, it hits, right? There's there's right. no let's let's pause and take a, a moment to think about something. I mean, it's when it hits, you run. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it, at work, I mean, it was, I mean, funny but not funny. You know, I I just they'd hear me, you know, push the chair back from the desk and get up and just start running, and it was like, get out of Holly's way, we don't want to. But I mean, it's just again, you you know, I, I I'm one of those people who I don't know, I just I prefer laughing at life because it's just so much better than crying about things. So agreed. You know, I always try to see the humor in in everything. So yeah, so the IBS was pretty bad. But the worst was the fatigue. And, you know, again, I'm on this, obviously, your, your, your listeners, I'm preaching to the choir here. But I always explain it, it's pretty much like you stayed up for two days straight and didn't get any sleep and your body just aches so much. I mean, it just physically hurts because all you need to do is sleep. But this is how it feels after sleeping eight, nine, ten hours a night and waking up right. when you're supposed to be refreshed. I mean, and that's a hallmark of Epstein Barr is crushing fatigue. Yeah. It's not normal and fatigue. It's it's you can't even put it into words. You can't define it. It's 
Right. It's so right. bad. Yeah. And I mean, and there were days that I mean, I literally would pray that I could drive home from work safely because, wow. you know, just the crashes would be so bad. So, so this was five years, and I finally was like, I don't know. I think I just kind of, you know, I have a new family. I have a new husband. I have a stepson. We have four parents who are aging and, you know, one with some pretty severe health issues. So, you know, I don't have, I mean, I guess I did have a choice, but I didn't have a choice to just lay in bed all the time. Like, I had to get up. I had responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I had to go Mm -hmm. to work. We had to pay the bills. I had to take care of my family. I had to take care of my parents. And I just got to a point where I think I just became numb to everything, and I just focused on just getting stuff done. And I almost just gave up pushing and fighting with my doctors because, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere. You know, I kept saying, I don't feel good, I don't feel good. The labs come back, quote, unquote, normal. And, you know, and I get the same response. Oh, well, after everything you've been through, you know, your body's been through a lot, you're probably going to be a little tired. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't a little tired. (laughs) This is life-altering extreme fatigue that I cannot function. Well, you're going to be a little tired. Maybe you should drink a little coffee. You know, and this is what I'm getting from my doctor. And I'm like, oh, this is not working. So I don't know how I came across it, but it was Dr. Amy Myers' book, the um, the uh, was it the Autoimmune Solution? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that was the first book that I read. And it was like there was no other person on the planet that she sat down and wrote that book just to me. <laughs> and I actually, yeah, I actually got to meet her this summer. It was pretty cool. I gave her a big hug, and I was like, just thank you so much. I was like, you, you really saved my life because I read that book cover to cover, soaked in every single word, and I just decided that, you know, I was the first thing was diet, right? And I went gluten-free overnight. Like, there was no goodbye pizza party. There was no goodbye cake. I went gluten-free overnight. I should have had a goodbye pizza party now that I think about it because I really miss pizza. (laughs) But I went gluten-free overnight. Dairy-free came soon thereafter. And then, you know, the processed foods, the sugar. The sugar, when I went off sugar, the the, just from the, the detox from the candida was so bad it literally came out of my body, like like um, ath- like an athlete's foot rash, right, came out of just all over my body. It was disgusting. It was just completely gross and disgusting. And I'm going way too, t- too TMI, way too much TMI. No, no. There's no, no such thing. There is no such thing on this show. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm very, very real <laughs> about everything that happened because I want people to know that, this is real life, and if it's happening to you, it's, you know, this, this is real life. So after I really went clean, and then I started with my home. So I started getting rid of little by little. I mean, I didn't just take a big garbage bag and throw out my entire house. But as our food and our beauty supplies and our cleaning supplies started to, you know, as we started to get rid of things, I would replace them. I would either make my own or I would replace them with an all-natural product. So that was more of a gradual transition. And can I just tell you, within probably about three months, 
let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, prior to that, my health was at maybe a 2 or a 3. At that point, I'm probably at a 5 or a 6. So, I mean, I went from barely functioning to at least able to get through the day, right? It was such a huge progress, and it was such a needle mover for me. So, of course, like once you start to see progress, you're like, oh, what else can I do? What else can I do, right? So I just started reading and reading and reading. I would listen to podcasts on my way to work, on my way home. You know, I could not get enough information to the point where, about another two or three months after the fact, I said, you know what, I'm reading all of this information and listening to all these podcasts. Why don't I do something with it? So I actually enrolled in a naturopathic doctor program. <laughs> so um, so I now have my CNHP, which is a certified natural health professional, but then I, um, I, I'm about halfway through my naturopathic doctor program. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Um but interestingly, throughout the whole process, too, I, you know, I start talking to people and, you know, the language changes, right? Because you're, the whole outlook on your daily basis, it's not just, woe is me, I feel this way, I just have to get through the day. It's, woe is me, I feel this way, but I know I can fix it. I know there's got to be an answer out there somewhere and I'm going to find it. And so I talked to a bunch of people, you know, I kept reading and I ended up switching doctors. Well, I went to a functional doctor, and turns out, now this is five years from the initial Hashimoto's diagnosis. When she ran all my labs and did everything, oh, you're on Synthroid. Your T4 isn't converting to T3. We're going to put you on Nature Throid. Oh. So they had me, yeah, so he had me. Not only was this just randomly diagnosed and, you know, I was just kind of brushed off the out, out, out of the office, but I was given the wrong medicine for five years. So no wonder my body wasn't healing. Right. That's yeah. a huge it, thing for, for so many people. Right. And and I and I tell that story because I just, you know, again, you, you go, I think, you know, all of us are like this. You go through this and you don't want anyone else to suffer the way you did. So, you know, I just, I really want anyone listening to just understand that if if you're not feeling good, you know, educate yourself, push your doctors, and don't take no for an answer because that's just, you know, you have one life, and if you don't fight for it, no one else is going to. That's right. That's right. Yep. I always tell people demand politely because mm-hmm. your physician doesn't leave in your body, doesn't go back to your life, your day, your sleeping habits, your potty habits, your fatigue, your brain fog. They don't go home with that. You know, when mm-hmm. you leave that office, you become alone with you. So you have to. You have to demand for it, right? Give me answers. I don't feel well, and your job is to help me figure it out. Right. And and the other thing, too, so my husband's a uh, uh, retired Green Beret, you know, oh. one, of, one of the toughest men on the planet, and my stepson is a teenager. So <laughs> if I can convert them to basically eating a clean diet, we have no junk food in the house, and whatever quote-unquote junk food we have, I make from scratch. So mm-hmm. if, you know, if I'm baking cookies, they're baked with cassava flour and no sugar, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, 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 it's a very different lifestyle. We, um, and especially with all of the, you know, the cleaning products and the new, here's your new toothpaste, boys. 
here's your new deodorant, here's your new soap, here's your new dinner. And bless their hearts, I mean, I got a little bit of pushback, but once they once they really kind of got into it, they actually like the new lifestyle better. It, you know, it was it, you know it was like oh I don't want to I don't I like my old deodorant. Why do I have to use this new deodorant? And it's like oh wow I really like this new deodorant. <laughs> so you know I always say if if I can get a green beret and a teenage boy to change their habits, you're you're I'm sure other people can you know <laughs> successfully get their families on board as as well. You know, it's funny, it always fascinates me because uh, I live near, you know, a huge marine base and, and a lot of them are clients of mine. But I, I think it's fascinating to me how horrible we feed our military. Oh. Uh, I mean, here we have people who need to think fast on their feet. You know what I mean? Right. And we feed them crap. It's craziness. Yeah. It is crazy. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. I get and, and, I've got, and I've got a meat and potatoes husband too, so it's <laughs> right. And I mean, it's just part it, treatment it's just too. The, they the do preservatives and the. It's just it just fascinates me. You would think that they, we. I know Peter yeah. Osborne. Remember Peter Osborne? He has had yeah. like huge affinity for that in the military, and yeah. it's like if uh-huh. we could feed these men and women properly, you know, look out. Right. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> So he's probably he's probably even more fine tuned. People probably take notice and they'll be like, "Yeah, he really thinks, you know, <laughs> tip top." It, it, mm-hmm. It's fascinating, given the wrong genetics, and you know, I hear so many stories from you know uh, the Marines that that you know uh, come and visit me and I talk to, and you know, a lot of them are not feeling necessarily well or not feeling cognitively sharp and. You know, uh, because of different things, it's it's really um, I don't know. It's fascinating to me, but it's also so yay it's, for you. You're you're fine tuning the country too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and not only the food, but the medications too. I mean, since we're off on this quick little tangent, I met right. a gentleman in my neighborhood who's um, you know in the Air Force, and he had, of course, I knew immediately. We were standing outside checking out his really cool Porsche. Um, and uh, it was an old Porsche, and we were just talking, and he's redone it and stuff. And you could tell he wasn't feeling well, and he, you know, he said, I've been recovering and all this stuff. And I just knew he had Hashimoto's. He had several other things, but he said, oh, and I have Hashimoto's. And I was like, oh, I knew it. And I said, wow. we got to talking, and um, he said, um, yeah, I'm on um, Synthroid. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you can – there's other things. He goes, yeah, well, the military, I can't. I mean, right. that's they all I can get. They won't even – to get no. the military base out here right. to even test free T3 or mm-hmm. test mm-hmm. for autoimmunity is, like, very difficult. You know, they they really just stick with they're, – they're more, you know, just so much worse with sticking with the TSH, and, you know, that's kind of the, the huge governor. But, I mean, I know that all three of us know at free T3, there's your big kahuna right there. Right. <laughs> that's the difference well, and- between I'm well – or I am really feeling significantly ill. And, and you know, even though I, I'm on TRICARE, I'm on the military medical plan, the majority of my doctors I pay out of pocket for, and I, and I go through a, a health chair because I, I want that level of care, and I demand right. that level of care. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to go to the lowest bidder. I hate saying it that way, but, you know, it's, 
it's you know I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm being treated with with the best possible specialist out there. Right, right. That's a goal for the future, ladies. For us, we'll revamp the That's military right. medical care for for thyroid <laughs> sufferers. <laughs> Let's add that to our list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go, goals for 2018. Goal for 2018. Well, you have had such an extraordinary journey. If you had to go back and talk to people, what would you tell them? These are mandatory key things that you need to do. What? Well, like what I said, the, I think what were the, the the just the large messages? I know there were many messages, but some really key things for the listeners of things that you would have done differently or or are mandatory. You gotta do this. I, I think number one, like I said, the just don't take no for an answer and, and really educate yourself and if you're not feeling good, just really push for answers. Like you like you had said, politely push. Um but yeah, it's it's you you this is your only life and you've got it's not just your life, but you have loved ones who are depending on you for things too. And you want to be happy. And I don't know, it just, life is too short to be miserable and sick. And yeah, just, just fight as hard as you can and don't, don't ever take no for an answer. And I think the the second biggest one is, is just, you know, don't be afraid of, you know, Changing your diet and your environment may sound crazy, but give it a try and see how you feel. There is no harm. You, if you already feel like absolute crap, don't. There's nothing wrong with taking a few things out of your diet and seeing how you feel. And if you feel better, you know, it works. Proof right? in the pudding, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I thought, you'd... oh, that's those crazy diets are just for those, you know, crazy, weird, uber sick people. And then I'm like, ooh, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> the body has a way of proving a point, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, I want to get to, before we let you go, I want to get to, if you don't mind spending a bit of time on your book, Thriving in the Workplace yes, with Autoimmune yes. Disease, because you yes. have a really amazing story. and. Right. You know, I want people to realize that there are they have rights and there are things they, they can rights. do. So, will you talk about your book that never oh, gets talked about, Holly? No, it doesn't ever get. To, I don't think we've ever had anyone even bring it up. No, this was you know, it was one of those things where when when I was now mind you, I worked for the same federal agency, but from the initial cancer diagnosis to seven years later when I had a really bad Hashi's flare up, I, I was under two different management division so it was the same organization but just a completely different people that I was working for when I was diagnosed with cancer they pulled out the red carpet and they were and just I want to I want to just stop you really quick yeah I just want to stop oh, yeah. you will you say where you worked because I want people to get the full gist of this <laughs> I mean I not exactly in, but maybe worked, what state or city oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so it Washington D.C. And I'm not allowed to, um, I'm right. still under an MDA because of the book, but I worked for a prestigious three-letter federal agency in Washington, okay. in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Got it. Okay. There you go. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty, and it was a, it was a very um, high, high level position as well. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty stressful, uh, pretty stressful position. But when I was diagnosed with cancer, they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, they were throwing accommodations at me that I didn't even ask for. In Washington D.C., you take the metro into work. You don't drive, right? And there's no parking to be had. They actually gave me a parking space in the building, you know, temporary during treatment. But that was unheard of. They did that. You know, they let me close my door and take naps during the day if I wanted to. They let me, you know, come in, come and go as I please whenever I felt good or when I had, you know, treatments or whatever. I mean, they could not, the, the head of the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the head of the division, you know, I'd see him in the hallway, Holly, how are you doing, you know? I mean, it, they could not have been any nicer to me when I was going through. But I think part of it is the empathy factor. You know, people hear cancer, and you instantly have empathy. So fast forward. Now, mind you, when I was, you know, still sick and everything, I was still functioning. I actually took a step down um, from my high-stress management position to kind of more of a subject matter expert position. So my work day was very steady, at that point, so, you know, during those five years that I said I was, you know, not feeling good after the Hashi's diagnosis, I was, I was able to function because my work wasn't as stressful. And, and you know, I changed the really vision, changed job. To, to point out is that, you know, uh, you were such a high-level functioning, you know, super athletic, very, I'm sure, cognitively quick as a whip mm-hmm. and all these different things, but you did take a step down. You said, whoa. Right. This is this. I need to. I think that's so important for people to hear. There are times that you do need to take a step back and say, "I've got to refocus for a little bit." Right. And that's an oh, enormous. I imagine that was an enormous, uh, you know, turn in your healing as well because you didn't, you know, like you said, you went to a steadier type of rather than a stress with, I'm sure, significant meetings and responsibilities and all these different things. That's really important that people mm-hmm. take that time and realize that maybe they they need to take the time and take a step back. So that's awesome. Yeah, and so fast forward to it was the end of 2016. Um for some reason, I don't I'm not really sure why, uh but I had a Hashi's flare up. It was either adrenal related, Hashi related, thyroid related, something. I have no idea, right? All I know is that the the fatigue was getting a lot worse and the crashes in the afternoon were getting a lot worse. And at the same time, I had a new management team come in and I kind of used the, the Miley Cyrus reference. They, they came in like a wrecking ball <laughs> and I worked, so I worked really early because my husband was already awake and, you know, so I'm awake and I crashed in the afternoon. Just, I just had to, I had to come home and take a nap every day or at least rest. So I would go in early, come home early. It was perfect. My my job was very subject matter expert. I could do my job at 2 in the morning if I wanted to. You know, it was one of those where I didn't have to be there during certain hours. And so everything, you know, for the, the last few years had been, you know, perfect in the workplace. I had managers who were understanding if I got a little tired or, you know, needed to take a break or whatever. So nothing was in writing. Managers were understanding. My work was always impeccable. 
you know, et cetera, et cetera. The new management team comes in, and they just wanted nothing to do with anything. And I think part of it was just, you know, wanting to clean house and bring their own people in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I went, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. So I went to um, FMLA. I want to make sure I went to my doctor. I got the medical records to put the, um, to, to get put my reasonable accommodations on record and also the FMLA on record just, for my for my absences, right? And when I was initially interviewed by the FMLA nurse, the FMLA nurse, okay, and she says, well, I don't understand why you're tired. I have Hashimoto's, and I take Synthroid, and I'm fine. Why can't you just take a pill? <laughs> I was, I don't even, how do you, how do you respond to that, right? This is the person that holds the paperwork to your FMLA, to your 480 hours of leave. Wow. You know, you, you can't look at her and say, lady, are you kidding me? Which is what I wanted to say. (laughs) So I very politely educated her that, well, first of all, Synthroid isn't for everyone. In fact, I was prescribed Synthroid for five years and it was, doing more damage than good, and I'm now on a new medication. But, you know, I also have other issues, you know, on top of the Hashimoto's, the, you know, the latent side effects from the, from the chemo and obviously some, you know, cellular stuff going on. I don't know what exactly, but, you know, I obviously have some stuff going on that I'm not well. And do and, you also take tamoxifen, Holly? Do you take? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been in menopause since I was 39. Gotcha. Right. So let's just yeah. start there with her. We would have had a heyday with that one, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and my boss um, was like, oh, well, you know, I've got I've got three kids and one's a baby, and I'm tired all the time, too, so why can't you just drink coffee? Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> so this is, right, this is, what, this is what I'm getting. So I'm like, crap, I need to get all my paperwork in a row. I started looking and researching and realized that there is not a lot out there. There's a lot out there for, you know, things like reasonable accommodations and, you know, disability and FMLA and things like that. There's a lot out there in terms of disability, but there's nothing that puts the two together. There's nothing that looks at autoimmune disease specifically as a workplace disability. So I kind of made it my mission to, to really researching and figuring out what are my rights. You know, I think part of it is you get beat down so much, mm-hmm. it, it almost changes your mindset, you know? Like, you're like, oh, well, well, maybe I am in the wrong. Right. You know, I can't understand, I can't explain it. But it That's just, what I was just going to say. So many people start, you know, particularly in Hashimoto's, because many of us look smoking healthy. We look very oh, exactly. healthy. So when we say I'm really exactly. tired, people are like, what? What is her problem? Yeah. Or you feel like yeah. this is too big of an uphill battle. So you you right. Right. give up. Right. 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 Like no way am I going to fight this or, or, you know, I just need to quit and be done. Yeah. And I'm one of those people. I'm always positive. You know, I always strive to get my work done. So, you know, they're, they're seeing productivity. They're seeing me coming in looking completely healthy. Well, I don't understand why. Are you faking it? You know, I mean, that's what I'm getting. And they, they call it the invisible illness for a reason. But, um, you but know, yeah, I, can so only, I can only speak for myself, but literally I am self-employed. And we've talked about going back to, you know, corporate job. And, and I look at my husband and I'm like, there's no way. 
what happens on a bad day? What yeah. happens when, you know, and I know that I'm not the only person that thinks that, and I feel so incredibly grateful to be self-employed. But, you know, uh, there's challenges with that too, just as a note. But I know there's so many people that feel the way that we feel. How how do you do that when there's responsibilities and yes. things and what happens on a bad day or what happens right. in a flare and here people see you, you're all dressed up, you look nice, you look <laughs> healthy, right? And they're like, what is her problem? You know, it's, there, and so, yes, I, we and get I it. Actually, and I actually fell asleep at work three times in two weeks. It was oh, so my. bad. Yeah, to, to the point where, I mean, I, and it wasn't just like I was nodding off. I mean, I was, I was out. Like, my, my boss was shaking me to wake me up. Drooling was, on your stack of papers? Right. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it was interesting because you, you, you take a flare-up and then you add a stressful situation. So they're, they're trying to change my hours. They're trying to change my job responsibilities. And, you know, just basically the workplace became a very toxic place. Right. I'm not going to get right. into all the specifics, but you add stress on top of any kind of autoimmune Hashi's flare-up, it's like gasoline on a fire, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I probably, there was a couple nights that, you know, my husband really wanted to take me into the emergency room, and I probably should have gone. I, I was just too stubborn. I was like, no, I'll just, I'll just I'll sleep it off. I'll be fine in the morning. But, I mean, I was, I was that close. And there was, there was one time when, we were on the couch and we were watching TV and he looked at me and he said, your health and your countenance are worse now than when you were going through chemo. And can I just tell you how uh-huh. that made me feel? It was, it was like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized like I'm, I'm failing my work because, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best, but they're, they're, you know, changing the environment to the point where, and again, you've got cognition issues. I mean, the brain fog, the memory, the focus. It, you know, so they're they're changing my work structure. So I'm I'm not able to keep up with the new. It's it's um how do I want to say this? It, it's the difference between if your boss told you to learn the days of the week in French versus to be fluent in Chinese. Wow. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that was kind of the difference right. in my in, in what they were wanting me to do. So it wasn't just like okay, I can I can pick this up. It's it's a relatively simple step. It was like a whole different you know job responsibility. And you know and and I was like you know I'm failing at work. I, I'm failing at home because I'm coming home and and sleeping. You know my husband's upset because I'm not I'm no fun anymore. We never go out. You know I'm absolutely worthless. I can't take care of my stepson. You know, my, my, my mom's getting sick and in the hospital. I can't drive two hours to see her. I mean, I literally was just failing everyone. And, you know, it just got to a point where some tough decisions had to be made. And the, um, what did I say, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was one day I went in and I, the doctor had me come in for IV treatment just to more of a, as a band-aid, you know, just to kind of keep some, some nutrients in my, in my body to keep me going. And my doctor or my manager wanted nothing to do with it. So she complained so much that they actually rescinded my FMLA. So those 480 hours were rescinded, which is 
first of all, completely what? illegal. I was just going to say, is that legal? Yeah. That's not legal. No. no. So it was one of those where, you know, I was, I was talking to the people at EEO, and they, they informed me about what they call the jerk defense in that, you know, their organization and I'm sure other organizations try to chalk it up to, oh, the manager is just being a jerk. They're not discriminating against you. Whether it was discrimination or not, I still have rights, which I know now. Right. I didn't back then. But, um, you know, but it was, it was one of those where I felt like I had no other option. And we had so many difficult decisions. And to live in, I mean, to, to quit a full-time job anywhere is rough. You know, we're living in the in the D.C. metro area. It's a high cost of living. And, you know, I ended up walking away from a six-figure income to zero because I had to. I mean, my health, it just, I couldn't function. I, I, mm. I My next stop was probably going to be a very long stay in the hospital. So it, it was that bad and that drastic that I had to do something. And, and, and so I did. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm, I talked to my attorney and, I said, well, let's let's drop the EEO complaint, and instead I'm going to write a book, because you know spending gazillion dollars that we don't have with all that stress is not worth it. Stress, but right. to right, but to be able to really make that connection and educate people with autoimmune disease that you do have rights in the workplace, and here's what they are, and here's how you can handle your situation. So yeah, that was that was kind of my 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 goal, and you know it was a really rough year. It was a really rough year. I mean, not just from the health perspective, but financially. You know, I mean, we we made it through. Thank God for 2018. You know, let's let's start over on a new week. Right, right. But it's you know these decisions aren't they're not easy decisions that that people can make. I am just I know blown away. I'm speechless. I mean, I'm so grateful that you went through that and what you learned. And I'm just, I mean, sexual harassment is, they're jerks too. How is that even a defense for someone, right? I mean, I just, oh my God, that's, that is so unbelievable. It it really is. And this is, you know, this is an untouched subject, Holly. This Mm -hmm. is something that I can almost assure you many people, men and women, are crying listening to this going, I am there right yeah. now. You know what I mean? I can't complete my work or I can't do this and the expectations and the shoveling of responsibility keeps coming on that. And yet someone who might have a much more visual illness, in other words, if if you were you know undergoing chemo and you're losing your hair and you're you know, mm-hmm. looking beat down, it's so much easier for people to empathize with that. That is just, it's craziness. And, you know, you're in the situation where some people, you know, may not have income from their spouse or their partner, and they literally are stuck. I know that many of right. us feel that way, you know, stuck medically because you know, yeah, and people don't have you know, the financial I, resources for, for better medical care or, you know what I mean? It's, an, it's the same thing. It's just in a financial uh, place. And, and I'm extremely blessed that I have such a supportive family throughout this whole thing, and I can't even, 
I can't even imagine going through this and having a spouse that wasn't that wasn't supportive. You know, mm-hmm. it just yeah. But I know that I know that that's that's a lot of people's scenarios as well. My heart breaks for them. So we want everybody to purchase your book. I was just telling Dana, I am getting her book. Mm-hmm. What are some key things that you want people to take away from their rights or reducing stress? Oh, key, just sure. a couple so, key things from your book that you would want to share with the listeners. Sure. So um, it's actually divided into three sections. The first section is my story, which I, I kind of covered. The second section is all of the legal stuff which is about as dry as gluten-free bread, but it's necessary because you need to know your rights. Right, and right. The third, yeah, <laughs> and the third section is really where the rubber meets the road, and that's, you know, that's all the takeaways. And I get into accommodations. I get into should you tell your boss. And let me just start there. Should you tell your boss? And, and here's a couple key takeaways on, on that point is that once the toothpaste is out of the tube, it doesn't go back in. Right. So right. if if you are if you're active on social media, if you're talking to your coworkers, even if you decide to not tell your boss, who's to say that they're not going to find out? You know, even if your coworkers, you know, are, are are your best friends, they may mistakenly say something with your boss there that they overhear. Right. So if you decide not to share, that's entirely up to you but just know that there are consequences that, you know, they, if they find out. But here's the thing is that if you don't share, okay, and your work suffers, you are not legally, you, you don't have those legal rights. But if you do disclose, right, if you have the paperwork, if you have the disclosure about your autoimmune disease, then you can kind of go back to that in terms of the accommodations. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so right. If you don't so, say in a, anything, you're not covered. In a larger corporate setting, let's just take you know right. that for example. Do you present that information to your your manager or your superior, or do you go directly to human resources and present it and have it fall backwards? So, in other words, do you go. And I think- Right, and I think it depends. Um, and and here's and and there's a lot of depends, and and I hate saying that, but every every organization is going to be a little it's bit different, different, right? And every person is going to be different. So, you know, I kind of say the good bosses are always going to be the good bosses. The jerk bosses are always going to be the jerk bosses. So let's say you have a really good boss who's super understanding. You know what? Then it may make sense for you to set up an appointment. You know, have some medical documentation with you, explain the situation, and, you know, and then get any kind of medical or any kind of uh, documentation from HR that you need. Some organizations may have documentation, some may not. You know, it just kind of depends. Right. Um, But I always say check with HR as well because they are going to have their, you know, their their checklist of of what you should and shouldn't do or forms that you need to fill out. Now, that's also somewhat of a a fail-safe too, Holly, Uh, Please correct me because I'm honestly, you know, floating here, so I'm depending on mm-hmm. you. But uh, that's also a fail-safe if someone gets fired, for example, if that's in place, right? Uh, r- right. right, exactly, that you have it's that documentation better. in place, that you have those conversations with HR, and yes, exactly. 
Now, do, you know, but if you're, if do your boss companies, is a flat-out jerk, then, you know, your first step really should be HR. <laughs> should be HR, right, because they're going to govern the manager. Exactly. Um, now, oh, yeah, girl, I would just like to pick your brain right now. I'm telling you, i got to get your book, <laughs> and then I'll pick your brain. <laughs> okay. No, because I know this has to be an issue. Like, for people who just have had enormous jobs with responsibilities and then they get Hashimoto's and they go, there is no way that my brain, I mean, on a good day, yes. On a bad day, no, not so much. So mm-hmm. what responsibilities legally does a company have to work with us in our autoimmunity? So I mean, do they have legal responsibilities to say, okay, so this person is sharp as a whip, 9 out of 10 on a good day, but you might get 4 out of 10 on a bad day. What legal responsibilities do they have to us? So the... Um the the American Disabilities Act was actually amended, and if you can give me two seconds, I will try to find the. And I'm sure it's in your book, and we'll just leave it at that. But just, I'm just right, right, right. dying here because here. it's such an it, untouched subject, <laughs> and it, it applies amended, it applies to all of us. Right, right, right. Hang on, I want to give you the exact language. It was amended okay. in 2008. And if AI was ever glory under the law before, the amendments added into the category of major life activities cause major bodily functions, with, which specifically include the endocrine and immune system. So that right there, you are legally covered. Um, but the reasonable accommodations are really, the reasonable accommodations in FMLA are where the rubber meets the road. Because if the organization has over 50 employees, they ha- you, you're entitled to FMLA, which is the Family Medical Leave Act, um, which basically if it's yourself or uh, someone you care for has some kind of medical or the birth or adoption of a baby, you're entitled to 480 hours, doesn't have to be consecutive, of, of leave per year. So that is crucial, number one, just because, again, with a flare-up, you're never going to know. You're going to feel 100% right. one day and wake up and can't get out of bed right. the next day. So, you know, that's the other thing. It's not like it's a scheduled surgery that you know you're going to be out for two weeks due to a surgery. You just never know on any given day how you're going to feel. So, you know, the the FMLA is number one, but then the number two are the reasonable accommodations. And I cover a lot of these in the book, but typically, and, you know, I'm going to go with, you know, Hashi's or autoimmune, two of the major symptoms and complaints are fatigue and joint pain. Now, there's a million different autoimmune diseases and a million different um, symptoms that go with it. But yeah. th- those are the two primary ones that, that, that kind of cross, cross the majority of them. And, and that's really what I what someone I to add on. brain fog to that language. Because that's, <laughs> yes. Dana can tell you that's my biggest nemesis is and me too. Uh, <laughs> the brain issues. I know, yeah. I know. I just, I, I feel like there are days. I'm like, I used to be a smart person, <laughs> right? I feel I have those oh. days. God, if you were only in like a fly on the wall in my, in my right. house. <laughs> if I had oh, one tenth of my former brain, but, but some of the accommodations that you can look at are things like uh, scheduled breaks, flexible hours, working from home. If you um, if you have a job that requires sitting all day and you just need some comfort, you can request uh, chairs, uh, ergonomic chairs. You can request one of those, uh, what do you call the very desk? They kind of go up and down. 
that you right. can either sit or stand just to kind of give you a, a break with the, with the joint pain. If you stand all day, like if you have a job that, um, you know, I don't know what, but if you have a job that requires a lot of standing, you can actually request an anti-fatigue mat, which will help or, right, you know, the possibility huge. of adjusting your workplace that you can maybe have breaks that you can sit for part of the day too. So, um, you know, in terms of food, like a lot of us have, you know, with the gluten sensitivities or, um, you know, food allergies, things like that, if we need a separate refrigerator or with the, you know, with the IBS, if you need a, a place closer to the bathroom, things like that. I mean, they, they, they can be anything that makes your life easier. And what's interestingly is that this is, this is the first book that ever has addressed this, the, the merging of these topics, right? And my goal was to put this out there for individuals like myself because I didn't want other people to suffer like I did. And interestingly, I've had so many managers read this book, and it just it just opened my eyes. I'm like, wow, there's a whole new demographic they have no for clue. this book, right? Right. right? right, to educate the managers on this too and the HR um, individuals as well. So, um, yeah, so I, I think, think, think it's awesome. I mean, Godspeed, woman, I am just. That is awesome. Now, one thing, do, do you get into your book at all on, for example, I noticed when my husband and I had, you know, talked a little bit about, you know, I, we have four children and, you know, 16 mm-hmm. to 9. So, you know, uh, being self-employed and, and managing my illness and uh, worked great when they were little when, you know, Gap t-shirts were five bucks. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm dealing with a whole nother level and so uh-huh. we had talked about going back to work, um, and which was very scary, I have to admit, for someone who right. was, you know, you know, great job and very confident. And, you know, I, I never doubted my abilities to work, ever. But when Hashimoto's and Epstein-Barr became part of the picture, I mean, you know, doubted my abilities down to the point of tears, you know. But right. I noticed when I was filling out applications um, that, you a disclosure on a disability that includes uh, mm-hmm. diabetes and things like that in there. I'm going to ask you a really point blank question because I know I'm not the only person uh, that is is experienced this or or you know had that question of whether to actually check that or not. But I would think that at this particular point, Holly, and correct me if I'm wrong, it would be beneficial to correct to to check that correct? Because people have an obligation, companies have an obligation to hire a certain number of disabilities now. There's, is that, it's, would it's that a be a true or false right. statement? It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, they, a lot of companies do have, I don't want to say quotas, but they, you know, they do have certain slots available, but at the same time, there's a button you, there, run yeah. the risk, you run the risk of someone looking at that and discriminating and saying, oh, well, you know what, I'd rather have someone healthy, right? So that is, right. that is an option. Or B, you know, you have that, which opens the door to conversations going, you know, going in saying, hey, you know, this, you know, I'm, I, am, I am absolutely 100%. This is what I can do for you, you know. But to make me the most productive, these are some of the accommodations that I know will help me be more productive for you. So it, it really is a double-edged sword. And let me um, put out there a really good resource that I found 
they they did not um, what's the word I want to say? They fall under the Department of Labor. It's askjan.org, and J A N stands for the Job Accommodation Network. It's askjan.org. They could not officially endorse my book because they fall under the Department of Labor, but they read my book, made edits to my book, and offered a ton of uh, oh, very good cool quality <laughs> content for my book. So they were a huge resource. Um, they pick up the phone. They ask, answer your questions. You know, when I was going through all this, I would actually try to call our government agencies who are there to answer these kind of questions, right, because right. I'm not an expert on this. You know, so let me, let me call the government agencies that are, that are designed to, to answer these hard questions. I was on the phone multiple days, multiple times. I actually had a timer over three hours without someone Oh, my up. gosh. So, uh, right, and I, I, call, I found AskJan.org. I called them. They picked up right away. They answered my questions, and they called me back just to see how I was doing. Oh, <laughs> so, my. Right, oh my. I, just, I have to give them the, the kudos. So, you know, anyone with specific kind of questions, questions like, like that, that. I love they're, it. A really good, they're a really good resource to, to tap into. Yeah, because that's hardcore. I mean, because that's one of those things that can either get you the interview or not. You know, beforehand, right. you know, I'm I'm almost 50 years old. Beforehand, when you could go in and shake hands and someone could meet you and have a discussion with you and and sort of tap into your knowledge and wit and whatever was there, that that doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. You have to get past mm-hmm. the the computer at this point. These online right. applications or, you know, um yeah, I mean, I just, my heart goes out to people, and this is and, just and, awesome, awesome, and awesome, despite, awesome, and despite the fact that the despite the fact that the law does protect you, and that starts at the application process, the law right. protects you, but that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be protected. Does that make sense? <sighs> yes, yes, it yeah. does. Uh, yes, it does. And we are so grateful for you. Girl, you need a bullhorn. And when you get your your naturopathic doctor, we want you not to forget the legalities, please, that you've learned because they're so important. And it is untapped, Holly. It is Mm -hmm. untapped in this world of increasing autoimmunity and and disabilities that come from it. It is an untapped market. Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, even with cancer, it was, between the two, it was it was a rough road, but at, and it was hard going through it. But looking back, I I know that I went through these challenges for a reason, and I know that I'm blessed to be in this place to help others. And you know, I if if people email me, I've had people call me. You know, I've had several individuals who who bought my book who sent me an email and said, "Do you mind if I call you on the phone?" And you know, we we chat. I mean, it, that's that's what I'm here for, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's why that's why I think I was I was put in this path to you know to to be there to to help others going through the same situation. The silver lining. <laughs> we all exactly. we have to stay focused on laughter, and we have to stay focused on the silver lining. Right. Of, exactly. Of knowing these things. I mean, it's it's kind of like some of the best physicians and advocates that we've seen have actually been people who were extremely ill and their their uh-huh. life was altered because of it. But my gosh, you know what what they were able to give back to the world from going through that. I, I don't it's hard to say priceless, but it but it is, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, <sighs> so I'm I'm just I'm very very appreciative of you having me on this program to you know to to share these resources with everyone just because it's like you said it's it's just it's not out there. It's not out there. No, it's not. Which is why when you sent me your book, I was like, oh, well, this is fabulous. She has to be on the show. Aww. We're going to start the new year off with a bang because this is so important for people. I mean, there are people that will hopefully be able to listen if they can't right now because they're at work that they'll listen later mm-hmm. and be like, okay, that's it. I'm doing that. I'm going to say yeah. something. I can do this. You know, this gives you a little bit of hope that, that you, uh, you know, lay out this information for everybody so that they can feel better and feel more supported. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, my goodness. So, Holly, 2018, naturopathic doctorate, and what is on your what, – what's new what's, for 2018? What's on my plate for the year? Yeah. Uh, yes. Naturopathic doctor is, is, the big, is the big goal, and I'm going to take um, my – I'm not telling anyone what my dissertation is on. I'm keeping that a secret, but uh, fall, winter, uh, towards the end of the year, you will, you'll see another book out that's going to be pretty cool, so – Ooh, well, we'll so have exciting. to have you those back. Are my, those are my two big projects. Yeah, Very, we'll have so you that back sounds on. like big projects. <laughs> and and looking at the cancer autoimmune connection as well. So those are, those are my three big projects, I should say. Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And getting healthy. Getting healthier. <laughs> right? Getting and staying healthy. That's, you know, that's yes. one thing Dana and I always say. You know, we've been dealing with this quite some time between the two of us and there is you have you know it's something that's always a contender and it's being able to listen quicker make adjustments faster and uh yeah it's a it's a journey right 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 definitely and look at how many people you're able to help though because of your your path holly so we thank you we absolutely are uh grateful that you you fell down this course on a, you know, it didn't uh-huh. happen, you know, uh, we didn't really want it to happen, but look what happened, the silver lining because of it, so. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Well, thank you so much for everything you do, and we will tell everybody where to find you and your book, and uh, we wish you all the best of 2018, and we'll look forward to having you back at the end of the yeah. year, oh. the new book. Yeah. Can't wait to hear yeah, about the new book. You. Can't wait to hear about the new book. And, okay, uh, yeah, have a like great I day. Said, if anyone wants to, and anyone wants to connect directly, just you know, please reach, please reach out. That's that's what I'm here for. Awesome. We will tell everybody awesome. where to find you. Okay. Thank okay. you so much, and a very, Alrighty. very, very happy New Year to you. Thank you, and likewise. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness. I know. Okay, I'm going to have to say it. I know. That's important (laughs) stuff. You talk about untouched, untapped, right? I mean, just it's such a subject, and and I hate to say it, but it's one of those subjects that none of us want to admit, none of us want to talk about, but it is is a contender for Hashimoto's or or Graves' disease. I know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that that uh, the cancer autoimmune connection that she has. She's a sharp cookie, man. Yes, she is. She is a sharp cookie. All things, <clears throat> excuse me, Holly Bertone, pinkfortitude.com. 
Mm. What a great name for her. And if you see her picture, she's a beautiful redhead. And just Godspeed because super sharp and these things that she has been through and awesome. Look forward to seeing what what comes out of her and her new book. That's very cool. I know. And Fortitude.com. She sent me um, the book. She didn't tell me what she was sending me, and I thought it was so fabulous. And I was just going to say, and it, she sent me this uh, adorable pink fortitude um, bookmark, but it's gone. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to it. Oh, well. <laughs> I was like, oh, and she sent me this. Oh, no, where is it? Okay, well, it's gone. I don't know. I just had it. I promise. Oh, uh, yeah. It. So it was it was really fabulous. Um, she sent this book to me, and I was like, this is this is good stuff. We need to have her on the show because uh, there's a lot of people who need information. So fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pinkfortitude.com and you can connect to all of her amazing blog and natural living and cancer survival, autoimmunity, uh, connect with her books and books that she recommends. Um, yeah. Number one, best-selling Thriving in the workplace with autoimmune disease. Know your rights, resolve conflict, and reduce stress. You need to get it. Yep. <sighs> that was a good one. That was that a good was one. That was awesome. I know. <laughs> we have some great shows lined up for 2018. We're really excited. Yes, we I wanted do. to start off with Holly, so that was really, really great. As always, a very big thank you to our listeners. And if you get a moment and you like our shows, we'd love a review on iTunes. You can do that directly from thyroidradio.com or on iTunes. And if you've missed any of the shows, you can easily download them at your leisure on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of that, and take us along with, uh, with, your, with you on your walk or on the way to work. We'd love to uh, hang out with you and, and uh, give you some great information. So download those podcasts, listen to them whenever you can. Absolutely. Also, please check out thriveprobiotic.com. It is a very unique probiotic. What I love about them is they can answer questions for you. If you're having symptoms or things going on, you can call up and speak to somebody. So uh, they also have a great um, email list. They send, mm-hmm. Yeah, they send out some awesome information on autism and mood and uh, even holiday recovery was one of their emails that came out. And mm-hmm. uh, thriveprobiotic.com, it is unique, spore-based. Yes, it is. Tiffany and I love it. Both of us take it, and we just love it. So mm-hmm. we couldn't say enough about about them. Nope. Okay, also make sure to follow Thyroid Nation at thyroidnation.com and Facebook and in our Hashis and Graves Facebook support group. We will... Um, Introduce who the next coming, uh, the next week's guest is, and you can ask questions and get them answered, and read articles. So check out the Facebook group, and of course follow us on Twitter and all those other good things. We're pretty much Mm. everywhere. Also, (laughs) we get around. Also, 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 I am launching a new business on January 30th, and we are so excited. ThyroidRefresh.com. It is. Think of it as your living, breathing thyroid lifestyle magazine. <clears throat> oh goodness, let me have some water. <clears throat> Frog in your throat. I got all choked up. <laughs> um, 
We put the inspiration, information, and support you need all in one place, empowering you to make the best choices for your health. It is ad-free and full of loveliness. And what we wanted to try to do, Jenny and I, is to put a little positive spin on this disease, disease that we all have with expert written articles on cutting edge thyroid health exclusive recipes and instructional cooking videos, access to our community of thyroid thrivers, which will be a a membership only, and our revolutionary thyroid wellness adventure, which will be launching in the middle of March. And that's the the program and the product that Jenny and I got together with uh, from the very beginning. And we cannot wait to tell more about it. We can't write this moment, but it is going to be really, really cool and very exciting. So Check out Thyroid Refresh. We have a 25 top 25 tips to help you feel better and thrive that you can download once you sign up at thyroidrefresh.com. So check it out. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. Awesomeness for 2018. Yay. Yep. <laughs> we have Tiffany oh. featured. Uh, she's written an article, and we also will be having a little bit more of Tiffany on video uh, for Thyroid Refresh coming up. So lots, lots of cool things going on. The positive spin. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Positive spin. So incredibly neat. Right? Yep. I'm serious. The positive spin. It's so important. So thyroid refresh. I'm excited. Super, super excited. Of course, Dana, and I always want to remind you that wellness is a journey. You've got to be paying attention. This is a contender forever. Yes, you can go into remission, but you can very easily fall out of it. And you need to be able to put it back in place. Listen to your body. Be mindful of what it is telling you. It is unique to you. It is a fabulous built-in diagnostician. All you have to do is plug in and listen. Yep. Critical to healing. Yes, it is. This is Dana. And Tiffany. Your Thyroid Nation Thrivers bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. Upcoming, Ben Lynch, um, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman. It's going to be a really jam-packed month. We're really (laughs) excited. So we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye.